This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Red Nation News Podcast. My name is Salman Ali at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Not on Twitter. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Doing all right. Uh, I I do not enjoy this Cavs Pacers series, and like I just I'm done with the Cavs. I'm done. Like I'm I don't want to see the Cavs anymore. Uh, yeah, I'm ready for the Cavs to hopefully lose this series and just be gone from my sight. Uh, it's not. I, I'm with you that I'm done watching them, and I'm just done with them being in our consciousness because everyone's got really weird and bad ideas about them. Yeah, like like this idea that that they can just sleepwalk to the finals. Like I, I just feel like that's bad karma. Like you shouldn't be able to to half your way through the season and then get to the the postseason, turn it on. Like that that theoretically shouldn't work. Like I don't like that. Like and like the Cavs have been doing it for years and I feel like this is the year man this is the year they finally screw up and I I'm, I'm kind of rooting for it I normally don't care uh, what happens in the, all these other series but just this is one this is one of those where I'm just like I don't want to see them anymore like I'm like I'm done like I'm, I'm I, they, they're so depressing they very they very clearly don't believe that they're gonna win an NBA championship this year they very yeah. they I mean I'm sure if you ask them internally they don't believe that like and like LeBron probably does and the players probably do and the coaching staff maybe but like like I, I don't think anyone in that front office thinks they have any legitimate shot at, at achieving anything in the postseason, and they've just been so bad on defense. It's, it's like, and they point fingers at each other during the game. They just like, and they had that really bad January. It's just like I'm, I'm done. Like I, 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 I'm done with this team. Uh, yeah, they're really. They're not fun to watch either because apart from LeBron James and Kevin Love, they're just not good. They're a bad team. They have no business getting to the finals. I don't think they will get to the finals. People are still yeah, not me, me off too. that ship. You yeah, and I are, are the only ones on ship. Raptors yeah. Island. You, 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 you and I are the only ones on this this very cold, dark, and and un, un, uninhabited island. Like we're, we're alone out here, and I'm pretty sure – the deeper we get in the playoffs, the more people are gonna are gonna come up, and we're not giving them life wraps. Yeah. We're gonna let them sink <laughs> out there. Like, we're, we're, yeah, well, the, yeah, but if the, the Raptors lost tonight, so how can they be good if they lose a single playoff game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just, I mean, blow it up, blow it up, and build around Fred Vlanfeet. Like, it's, <laughs> I, I, just, I just, I'm so tired of the Eastern Conference takes. Like, I, I don't like the Eastern Conference first round in general, but like. 
it's the takes about the Raptors and the Cavs are just so convoluted. I don't like it. I I, I want this Cavs team to lose, and I I normally don't care, I, and I normally enjoy watching LeBron James in in the playoffs. But like, it's just like the risk isn't worth the reward, man. Like it's 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 not worth it to me this year. This would be like if if the twenty fifteen sixteen Rockets made it to the second round, like the the Cancun Rockets, like they yeah. don't, they don't deserve this. <laughs> Like they didn't deserve that. This that's how I feel about this team. Yeah, I I'm ready for them to be over. Uh, I want the conversations to stop. I don't want people talking about like you know. I'm pretty sure they're gonna do. It's gonna be them over the over the Raptors or whoever. I no, would never bet against LeBron. Yeah, like, like, uh, I, I'm I'm done with that. Yeah, I I hate that the Raptors have to prove that they can win games even while they're winning games, and the and the. the the Cavs can't prove that they're losing games while they're losing them. They are losing to a very medium Pacers team, and there's really no good reason to believe they'll just magically pull it out. They had to have LeBron go at like 150% to win by three. Yeah, like, this is a problem. <laughs> they're they're probably going to lose the series. Yeah, and, and here's an idea: if, if Boyan Bogdanovich hits four threes on you, how about you close him out? Like, how how about you how about you put a hand in his face? Like, like I just like I just I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this team. I'm 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 so tired of him. And like Miles Turner's hitting mid range jumpers, and I'm cheering for him. And like I'm like like I'm 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 openly rooting for the Pacers because they've overachieved this year, and the Cavs have underachieved. And like. I don't know. I feel like karma rules state that this, this is what the Cavs deserve. Um, yeah, we should probably talk about the Rockets at some point. Uh, so I got to be honest. I never had less interest for a Rockets playoff series than I had in this one. It's just like the start of the series has sort of been like anticlimactic, even though the first game was kind of fun. Um, and you never want to look past a, t- a playoff team. But like I say, like my brain has already shifted into round two. Like I, I'm just like, this is such a bad matchup for the Timberwolves. Like they drew a really bad card here. Yeah, uh, like I said, it's bad to bad to look forward, and I, I'm sure the Rockets aren't looking forward, or at least they better not be. But as fans and as you know, as commentary, yeah, I don't see any way that the Timberwolves are going to win this series. How are they going to win four out of five? They, they had a game where everything went as well their way as it could and they still lost it uh they had a game where the opposing team only scored 104 which is very low for them and they got blown out james harden couldn't do anything last game he was two for 18 his offense was crap and he still contributed on defense they're they have no they have no shot i don't i don't know how they're going to plan to win unless like they just remember how to play as a team unless they just uh, start taking more threes and i guess uh carl anthony towns remembers how to play basketball yeah, the, the Carl Town story is definitely weird. Like it's and like like I'm kind of tired of the commentary about him like not demanding the ball in the post and like 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 yeah, like listen like it's it's really hard to post against the Rockets. It's not as easy as it looks, even when they get a, a guard switched on you. Like it's it's generally a pretty good and stout guard. Like Chris Paul is not gonna be bullied. Same thing with James Harden and like. Like I get it. Like theoretically, you should be able to post up guards, but like it's it's not that easy. And I don't know. All the commentary has been about him and like the Tibbs not giving, not designing an offense around Towns. And like, I, first of all, like this is not new. The, the, the Wolves have been like this for the for this whole season. Like I guess now since the bright lights are on, people are just now starting to pay attention. But like, like this is a very tired storyline. And like it's not like it's not like the Wolves were feeding Towns. Like 
20 field goal attempts every game this season. Like it's it's been like this all year. Yeah, uh, their offense is pretty good overall. They're one of the top offenses in the league, but it doesn't. It's not predicated around things which are going to work consistently, and that's why it's not working consistently. The Rockets are a very good defensive team. Uh, the Timberwolves don't take enough threes, and they just can't score. And even when the Rockets only score at a middling level, they don't have any chance because they can't keep up with Houston. Three is more than two, and nothing they do is going to change that. They're just going to have to shoot more threes, but yep. that's against their whole identity. Yeah, as you said, the Wolves run a very old school offense. Like they, you know, it's it's all paint points and mid range jumpers, and it's been pretty effective for them to their credit. But it's just like teams that shoot a high volume of three pointers. Like it's just a really terrible matchup for them like like even the Warriors are just a really bad matchup for them and like obviously the Warriors are a bad matchup for anybody but specifically to this Timberwolves team like it's just teams that shoot a lot of a lot of threes are just really bad like like a really bad for, yeah. <laughs> a really bad draw like it's just a really bad draw for them um and what's wild is the Rockets have been kind of really bad offensively including the three-point shooting and it's yeah, their they've defense. looked really mediocre yeah, yeah it, it's their defense that's really winning them this series and it's kind of crazy how they just kind of took it to a new level defensively without Luka Mute when the playoffs started like the they've been the best defense in the NBA for the first two games of the playoffs and granted it's a short it's a really small sample size but they're just on a different level right now. They're on a complete string, uh, communicating very well. Um, like, P.J. Tucker is blowing up a bunch of pick and rolls. Um, and, like, it's just, like, it, it just, it, they're winning in a way that I didn't see them winning this series. Like, the, the the Rockets have been generally poor defensively against the Wolves this season. Like, they were, like, uh, they were allowing a 104 defensive rating or something like that. Like, it, it, was, it wasn't great. Like, it was, like... It might have been 110 or something. It wasn't a great offensive rating with what they were allowing for the Wolves. But, like, they, they're they turning it on to a totally different level. It kind of confirms what we thought about the Rockets, like, this last stretch of the season, that they, they've just been bored. Like, they, they've yeah. just <laughs> been, like, really, really bored without a challenge. And, like, the same could be said for a lot of these teams that have locked up playoff positioning early. But, like, yeah, it's just um, – it's, it's, it's a strange series, to say the least. Yeah, it's weirdly boring. I mean, it's nice that they're it's great that they're winning. It's what you want to see, but they really just seem like they're kind of warming up. Like it's somehow it's only been two games. It's weird that it's only been two games. It feels right. like I mean, the playoffs started a week ago as of tomorrow, and they just played two games during that time. So they're like the last game, the last series to get started. They've had a bunch of breaks in there. Uh, so it's weird that it's taken so long. It feels like it's been a while, but it really hasn't. So it it does indeed seem like they're just kind of spinning up. They're getting they're getting ready to really uh, get into their groove, and it's it's a slow process. And they don't really seem. I mean, they're not challenged. It's it's weird to say this, but they're just not challenged by the Timberwolves at all. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a one eight matchup. I mean, um, th- that's kind of what you would expect. But like, you know, these first two games kind of feel like that Rockets Thunder series of last year. Like they they weren't hitting any shots in those first two games either. Like it was just and like Kev, according to Kevin Pelton, the Rockets are actually getting pretty damn good looks. Like they have the best shot quality out of any any team in the NBA. Like they're getting open jumpers and they're just missing them. They're missing wide open jumpers. Um, I'm not sure why. It's it's not anything Minnesota's doing. It's just it's literally just missed shots. Uh, Ryan Anderson's return could help. Like 
alleviate their struggles and that spacing he provides is pretty huge. And he's a monster against the Wolves. Like he he's like shooting fifty percent from three against the Wolves this season and like twelve points per game and like um like he's he's just a monster. Like Ryan Harrison's at his most useful against a team like this. But yeah, I mean let's go ahead and talk about game one. So um this was a this is pretty much an awful game for pretty much everybody except for James Harden. Um on the Rockets, like he dropped forty-four points, eight assists, seven of ten three-point shooting. Uh, dude was just killing it. Like this is one of those. The team is shooting poorly. Chris Paul is non-existent. I'm gonna put the team on my back and carry his home performances. Uh, yeah, and meanwhile, Clint Capella was having a great game too, and no right, one else yeah. was at all. They were like three for twenty-five from three-point range, other than James Harden. Uh, I, yeah, that should have been a horrible, brutal loss for them against uh, a lot of other teams. But uh, thankfully, you know, they were able to pull, pull their defense together enough to eke out that win. And honestly, it, when I was watching that game, even though it was neck and neck through a lot of the game, I didn't really feel like they were in danger of losing it. Yeah, yeah. And we should probably talk about how awful Chris Paul was in that game. 5 for 14 shooting, 6 turnovers, and he had a really bad turnover towards the end. They nearly cost the Rockets the game. It was like a full court heave towards... And I get what he was trying to do. Like There there were some leakers on that play, and I think he was trying to get a, a transition bucket late to really seal the game. But I mean, just hold the ball, man. Like you can, you're a good free throw shooter. Like they're gonna hack you. I don't know why you're taking a pass like that. And it almost cost the Rockets the game. But yeah, it was just a weird and scrappy win for the Rockets. It was a very uncharacteristic game for Chris Paul, a guy who rarely ever turns the ball over. Um, one of the best assistant assist turnover ratios of all time. But this was just one of those eh performances, you know. Yeah, uh, they came out of it with a win, but it was not really encouraging. But it wasn't really worrying either. It was just kind of nothing. Right. Probably one one of James Harden's like all-time playoff games. Like, if we're being honest, like if if it's it's probably in his top ten. Um, just a monster from beyond the three-point line, and he was really good in the clutch too. He was hitting. He was getting into the lane, uh, hitting these difficult layups. Like, and the the Wolves really had no answer for him, and like he got a lot of the same looks in game two. Like. Uh, we'll, we'll switch to we'll transition to game two real quick. The first quarter of game two was really weird. Like again, the Rockets couldn't hit a three pointer again to save their lives. The offense was sort of blah, and like the only reason Minnesota didn't run away with like, the lead was like Houston played great defense, and like that's kind of what's different about this year's Rockets team from last year's Rockets team. Like last year, if they had a quarter like that, like they're down ten to fifteen points. And they have to catch up offensively in the last the last three quarters. But this year, they had a bad offensive quarter, and they're only down five, and they end up running away with it on the backs of Gerald Green and a vintage Chris Paul performance. <laughs> yeah, that was a real delight, too. Gerald Green was so fun in that game, and Chris Paul was absolutely unstoppable. Uh, I, I mean, everyone said this, but it's absolutely true. That's why they picked up Chris Paul. That's why they need this, because you don't always have your number one player have a fantastic game, and you definitely want to have another player who can have that fantastic game you need as well. Dude was just a monster. 27 points, 8 assists, 3 steals, 10 of 18 shooter, and at a plus 21. Um, <laughs> like, he, he had this one finger roll that went to, like, over the backboard, and, like, it, it, it looked like it shouldn't have went in. Like, it was like, you know, if the, the ball stops and, like, 
the uh, players take all these like stupid shots after after a whistle, and like like you don't expect it to go in. But it was like one of those type of shots, but like in game, like it was like a horse shot. Like you know when you're when you're when you're yeah. up H O R S in horse, and you're like trying to beat this dude that just won't go away, and you take a shot like that. Like that's what that that's what this was. It was amazing. There were uh, yeah, I don't even know how Chris Paul does this, but he did it and if they have a game where they both go off at the same time, they're basically unstoppable. So, uh it's great to see them getting their reps in against the Timberwolves. Uh who knows what game 3 will be like if they shoot their season average from 3 if Harden and Paul both have like a decent game. I don't know what the Wolves are going to be able to do. You want to talk about Eric Gordon? Like Eric Gordon's been pretty bad to start the series, and like I, I don't know what's up with his him. shots like, messed up. Yeah, it, it's been like that all year. But like he had a good like closing stretch of the season. But like I don't know, I, I feel like he's in his own head. Like he's not hitting the shots that he normally hits. Like off the dribble, wide open. Like and he's not hitting them. Or like swing, swing pass from like Chris Paul and James Harden, and he's not hitting it. Like it's it's just strange. Like all these looks are open too. And like they're kind of having to survive on on this on Gerald Green hitting ridiculous threes. Uh, Gerald Green, by the way, that, that dude is just so fun to watch. Like especially in a, in a home game, like it's just like the guy goes off and the whole arena. No, they everybody knows he's from Houston. Yeah, he's practically branded with his hair, right? Like like he's hitting these ridiculous shots. Like he's like the def- textbook definition of a bad shot taker. Like, like, the shots that he takes, like, they're so bad. They're like, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was going <laughs> in. I knew it was going in. Like, it was, those are the kind of shots he takes. Like, in transition, you'll just stop on a dime and take a dumb jumper, and it'll go in. And, like, it's like he knew it was going in. Like, and what's funny is, like, nothing takes him out of rhythm. Like, I remember he fell on, like, an out-of-bounds play, and the next play he hit a three. Like, like that kind of stuff throws regular people out of rhythm. This dude doesn't get out of rhythm. Um, and he doesn't no. stop taking shots. Yeah. He he knows fully in his heart that he will hit every sh- three he takes. It doesn't right. matter if, the, if he's correct or not. He knows. Right. It's very J.R. Smith light. Like, that's that's how he is. Um, yeah, it's very fun. Like, when, when he has, like, and he really bailed the Rockets out in that second or third quarter. I can't remember what quarter it was. I think it was the second quarter where he hit, like, three threes in a row and the whole bench was going crazy because they didn't hit any they were just like waiting to go off like that that whole bench like looked like they were on the edge of their seat for anybody to hit a three like anybody like it was just such a long dry spell um and Gerald Green really bailed about they're still not shooting well they're like 30 percent from three in this series I don't know when they're gonna get it together it probably starts with Eric Gordon and it's to probably starts with both of their main guys being on for one game, right? Like that's that. I'd be a good idea. That'd be a good start. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool that Chris Paul and James Harden can survive bad performances from each other. But like, it's pro- it's much. I it's much better if they if they're both on. Like right. Like it's much better for the team. It's much better um, for their chances at advancing deep in the playoffs. I, and I don't think this is going to be a, a pattern thing. Like they've. This is just. It just felt like a one-off thing for both of these guys. And I and one thing like everybody was talk comparing like after game two for James Harden like I saw the sentiment a lot like people were comparing this game to game six of the Spurs series last year and I think I just think that's incorrect like that's just inc- like 
Like the Harden was like blocking shots, getting steals. Like he had three blocks, three steals, and he was like taking the same shots he normally takes. He just missed them, and he was yeah. He like he missed a couple layups, and like he he got to the free throw line seven times. Like it wasn't like a bad offensive performance, other than than that he missed the shots, and like like he was he was hitting hit ahead passes to like Trevor Ariza. Like there was a crazy full court pass. That only he and like LeBron would take. Uh, he threw Trevor Ariza in transition for an easy dunk. Like like he was still good in, in all aspects of the game, other than shooting. Like he was actually fantastic defensively. Um, like there were, like this is one of those games where like you can legitimately say he was good defensively. Like not not that he was fine, not that he was okay. Like he was legitimately good. Like he was a positive towards the Rockets' defense, and like he he didn't stop taking jo- shots. He wasn't passive. Like, it was just a bad shooting night. And I think that's a poor comparison. Like, he only had three turnovers, which is, like, on par for, like, his his career averages. Like, I, I just think it was a fine game. Like, it wasn't a bad game. It wasn't, like, game six. Yeah, and it's weird to, to pull that out when, A, he was amazing just one game ago. Right. And, B, they, they were winning that game big. Right? Like, it's weird to be like, oh, look at this. James Harden the ghost of pressure. James Harden, right? What, like, what yeah. pressure? Yeah, right. <laughs> it was. I mean, he he was. It was a poor shooting, and you can't afford very many of those. But it wasn't like they couldn't afford it that game. You have to wonder why he was shooting so badly, or maybe you don't. It's shooting. If he stops, if he shoots great next game, it will be a complete blip and won't matter. So trying to, I mean, people always want to try to like plot a course off of one point, right? You you want to. Yeah. If you you want people want to find a uh, data point that that support their conclusion of choice, so one one data point that supports the conclusion they prefer is a uh, is a lot of fun and they'll just go ahead and run off of that. Well, we'll see what the rest of the data points are like. They have between two and five more games in this series. Yeah, yeah, and I I think I think Harden's probably gonna. Like he he's probably not as good of a of a shooter as he is in game one of that series. Like he's not he's not a seven for ten three point shooter. At the same time, he's not like a, a one for twelve or whatever he was last game. Like he's not that. Like he's it's the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, right? Like he's a career thirty six percent three point shooter. Like like he's he's not like a like he's not Steph, right? Like I, I, that's no. that much is clear. But he's had a very good three-point shooting year and it it regressed to the mean towards the end and i think that's something a lot of people are looking for this series like uh, not this series this playoffs with harden like how much is that elite three-point shooting that he showed throughout the year that elite step back jump shooting ability how much of that is it going to translate to the playoffs um i think I, I heard zach Lowe talking about it earlier this season like that's something i think is legitimately interesting to watch for but like, yeah, James Harden's not just like suddenly going to become a bad player overnight. Like he's even if if that three point shooting isn't there for him, he finds ways to to be impactful. Like again, he had seven assists, he had three blocks, three steals. Like yeah, he's not normally going to get more blocks than field goal made field goals made like in a, in a regular game. But like, just happened to happen tonight, and you know, like as long as he he doesn't become disengaged like he did in Game Six, like he. Completely no showed in Game Six in a way that we never see from athletes. But like it's just this is was different. Like he didn't become passive. He didn't stop shooting. He didn't. He didn't look like he didn't look defeated. Right. Right. That's the word I was looking for. He didn't look like 
like the series is over. It didn't feel like the game was over, right? Like, he just stayed with it, and I I think he even checked himself in during the fourth quarter to get some shots up. Yeah, uh, like I said, I'm not worried about it until it becomes a pattern. So, sure, uh, it's, it's game three. We'll see what they do in game three, but uh, I suspect that it won't be great for the Timberwolves. Is there anything you're looking forward to in this series or the next one? Like anything particular that stuck out to you in the play, like in the games that we've seen already, or you know, to close out the se- to close out the season? Like anything, any interesting wrinkle that you're looking at? Oh man, um, this series is a super boring. I don't know. I don't like. I like that they're doing well, but I just don't care very much about this particular series. I don't think they're. It's going to be much of a challenge for them. I think they're going to win in four or five. So I'm just kind of looking for the series to be finished. Right, um, I'm with as you. For, as for next series, uh, whether it's the Thunder or the Jazz, it's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, if it's the Thunder, there's going to be a, a lot, a lot, a lot of takes and emotions about that. Like that, the context for that series is going to be red hot, even if the series itself is boring and tepid, right? There's right. there's a very real chance that if they pull the, the the Thunder, they'll just trounce them. Like I, I, I guess it sounds like maybe arrogant season or whatever to say, but <laughs> the Rockets are way better than the Thunder. The Thunder are showing lately that like they do have limitations. They've shown it all season. So I I think the Rockets would beat the Thunder without too much trouble, but the stories around that series would be just like out of control. Yeah, I'll say this, and I'm surprised nobody caught this in real time or like made a big deal about it. But I thought it was fascinating. Um, did you see that game, that Lakers game, uh, where Mbamute like dislocated his shoulder? Like, did you keep on watching? Yeah. Okay, so like like I I kept on watching a little bit, then I turned it off. But like one thing I caught was like they had PJ Tucker mic'd up for that game, and like he said something to Clint Capella that really caught my attention. He said like in the playoffs, teams are gonna force me to make plays and leave me wide open, and I thought that was fascinating. Like that he's he's that self aware about it. Like he knows that it's gonna happen in the postseason. And that the Rockets are talking about this internally, like that's going to be the the thing to watch for in the in this playoffs. When teams do that, like how much of corner three pointers is PJ Tucker going to hit to make defenses pay for sagging off of him? Because that's going to be an interesting thing, not in this series probably, but in next series. Like they're the, the Wolves are leaving PJ Tucker open a little bit, but it's not enough to where you know the Wolves aren't a threat, so it doesn't matter, right? But like yeah. in the next series. And in the series after that, I'm I'm curious to see how teams handle that and how the Rockets handle that because clearly they talked about it because they, they caught it and mic'd up. And normally you don't catch interesting stuff in mic'd up. Yeah, like, it's really just like, come on, we gotta we gotta go harder. Yeah, pick up the pace. Uh, we gotta keep keep our energy high and stuff like that, right? Like keep like, moving, keep moving. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's normally the stuff you hear in mic'd up. And I'm surprised they let this into the broadcast, frankly. But it was interesting. I I thought it, I thought I just thought it was interesting and like. I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested to see how PJ Tucker keeps that going, his three point percentage going, and if Bob Mute is going to be another person where teams try to do this with, like where they just leave him open and they sag off and they try to help out on Chris Paul and James Harden pick and rolls. And like, I'm just fascinated to see how much the Rockets make teams pay pay for that. Like PJ Tucker was like a 36 or 37 percent three point shooter this season, and on corner three pointers he was much better, but. In the playoffs, like, is he going to hit at that same rate? And same thing with Mbamute. I think he will. Um, it's been two years with P.J. Tucker where 
teams are like teams are forcing him to take threes, and he's handled it pretty well. Like he did it pretty well with the Raptors, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just fascinated to see what happens in, the, in, a, in a situation like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, there is one thing that'll be fun. Ryan Anderson's probably going to be back next game, so we're going to see uh, how they look with him in that offense, spacing the floor against the Timberwolves. Yeah, I want to see how much use the Rockets get out of Ryan Anderson, and, and I'm not saying that to be like condescending, but like, there's going to be a point where his usefulness becomes barren, right? Like, it's going to become like, like after this series, like their teams are going to force, like they're going to target the hell out of Ryan Anderson pick and roll, and he's done pretty well defensively this season. But I, I mean, I just, it's hard for me personally to buy into to a Rockets team that plays Ryan Anderson in crunch time. And, yeah, and I I don't think the Rockets are gonna do that, and I don't think um, I I I think they're gonna pull the plug pretty quick. But I want to see how quickly, like how much use did they get out of him? Like, is it gonna be the middle of the second round, or is it gonna be like the Western Conference Finals? Is it are the Warriors gonna be the only team that make Ryan Harrison pay in pick and roll situations? Yeah, uh, I I'm not sure. I don't know which which teams are going to be playable against. And that's really the big question, isn't it? Like, right. where can they actually, uh, where can they actually play? Because he, he offers a lot on offense. Right. He really helps their offense a lot, but he, yeah, he's a defensive liability. Rating, the Rockets offensive rating when Ryan Harrison on the floor is like off the charts. And it's been like this for two years. Like he's such a positive on offense. Like, and like, it's, it's not just the shooting. It's the sheer spacing. Like he makes defenders step out more, more footsteps than PJ Tucker and Luke Mbamute because he is a credible threat from two feet beyond the line. Like, and same thing with Eric Gordon, but Ryan Anderson more specifically because he hits at a higher clip. Like, he is is a credible threat from that far, and he makes you pay if you don't go out there and stretch. And he gives Harden that much space when you're you're stepping out that far, on Ryan Anderson. But in general, there's there's going to be a tipping point, right? And I'm interested to see when that tipping point is. Um, last series, like he was, he was really bad. Like last last year in the playoffs, he was really really bad, and he never. It, there was never a point where I felt like the Rockets needed to leave him out there because the Spurs targeted him in pick and roll situations, and he he wasn't hitting enough jumpers to be enough to be playable. All right, let me ask you uh, a question: Does it feel weird to think about that the Warriors might be in the finals and not playing against? the Cavs no because I like I've been shouldn't exist I've been mentally there for like a couple months now like I like I just I've checked out on this Cavs team for the longest time and like I I know like there are people out there that say you know as long as LeBron's on that team I I can't bet against them and I get it I I understand that sentiment but I'm just out I'm just out man like I'm right but I mean like doesn't it all right to me it feels like the idea of a Warriors versus Raptors finals just feels like it's something wrong, like from a wrong timeline. Like it feels <laughs> like if it feels like it has to be Warriors Cavs or neither of them. No, I get it. It's going to be weird. It's we've seen them uh, in the playoffs facing off against each other for the past couple of years. It's going to be weird for a series, a year where we don't get that. But I just. I mean, like, but I think it'd be—I think it'd be really not weird if it was like Rockets Raptors. If it was like Rockets Raptors, it would feel completely normal to me. Sure, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't know. It really—it really depends on how much faith you have in this Rockets team, right? And 
we we have we still have so many questions for this team, and that Rockets Warriors series is still so far away. But again, I I'm so checked out on the Cavs. I'm I'm so like yeah. I've already put the the Raptors or the Sixers in the finals like mentally <laughs> like for weeks. I've been there. Yeah. I, I I'm I just for me it'd be weird. We're to all see, looking ahead really far. <laughs> yeah, for me it'd be weird to see the Cavs in the finals. Like that th- that's that's where I'm at. Like it'd be weird for me to mentally see the Cavs in the finals this year because because yeah. of how bad they played. I don't. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It does feel like we're looking forward a lot, but it also feels unavoidable. I mean, but like the cat when the Cavs your team are not, as good as the Rockets, yeah. you have to right. Like this is the the. Uh, the Rock- this series is not a make it or break it year series for the Rockets. It is for other teams oh. like the Blazers, right? It's it. it they it, broke it, <laughs> right? Right. Like it, it, it's it's a make it or break it series for other other series and other teams. But like when you're a one or two seed or like and you're like a would be championship contender, it's hard not to look ahead. It's hard not to look past teams like the Wolves. And, and this is something I was struggling with when I wrote the rundown. But that's that's the where I'm at, man. Like it's just. It's, it's going to be really difficult to stay on pace with this and not talk about Rockets Warriors. Yeah, uh, I mean, for sure the next series will be uh, more of a challenge. Once again, we're just assuming that they're going to win, but they're up 2-0. I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> sure. we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. I mean, maybe like the Wolves just blow us away tomorrow, but assuming they don't. It, it just This playoffs really feels like a lot of things... I don't know whether it's that a lot of tea leaves are easier to read this time around or people really want to read tea leaves. Like everyone's kind of been talking about, oh, well, you know, don't get too, you know, don't get too convinced over things at one or two games. But it really feels like everybody wants to make run, jump to conclusions and it also makes sense to do so. Right. Like we saw two games of the Blazers get completely stomped by the Pelicans and then we were like, oh, they're done. And then the third game it happened again. You know, like obviously it was obviously the case that they were just. It was going to happen this way. Uh, it feels like you know Sixers or the uh, Sixers are going to end up in the conference finals because what they're going to get? They're they're. It feels like they have to beat the war, the Heat right now. Like there's no way they're not, and then it feels like there's no way they're losing to whoever comes out of their series. Can we talk about how the Rockets might have avoided like the best t- team in that cluster? Like the the Pelicans might be wow, the best. Yeah. The the Pelicans might be the best team out of Pelicans, Blazers, Utah. And and Oklahoma City, like they, they might be the best team out of all four of those teams, and they might the Rockets might have avoided them because Anthony Davis has been so dominant, and Drew Holiday, man, Drew Holiday having the playoff series of his life right now, uh, defensively just locking up Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis blowing up every single pick and roll, Ray John Rondo, Ray John Rondo relevant in twenty seventeen, like or should I say twenty eighteen. <laughs> Like he's actually relevant, man. Like that's that's nuts to me. Like like to me, Ray J. Rondo. Like it's gonna sound really bad to say, it. Ray J. Rondo died like a few years ago in my head. Like it's, <laughs> it just like because he's been su- such a non-factor for so many years, and like I don't know what what's going on in this playoffs, but he's been he's been actually good, and the Pelicans are actually posing a leg- legitimate. I don't want to say threat, but like you know they might make the Warriors sweat a little bit in this next round. Yeah, uh, I hope they do. That'd be a lot of fun for everyone who does not want the Warriors to uh, dominate everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I hope they do make the Warriors sweat. I mean, Anthony Davis has been incredible. Like I said, Drew, Drew Holiday has been incredible. Uh, 
This is a fun team, and I'm I'm all I'm all in on the Pelicans Nikola right now. Nikola Mirotic without his beard has been incredible. Like yeah, he looks horrible, but he plays well. <laughs> he just looks bizarre. Like you know, you know what it looks like? It, it looks like if you shaved Stephen Adams. Like if you made, if you made Stephen Adams look like 2012 Stephen Adams. Like I don't I don't like it. I don't like to think about that. You're right. you're doing me a disservice here, but I <laughs> I think you're right. I just also hate it. <laughs> But that's how it's been. Like, like the Gillette man has been effective, though. Like he has <laughs> been, he has been effective and really good on defense. And the Pelicans are just, they're just choking Damian Lillard on these pick and rolls. And like the like Damian, he looks like he's in his own head. Like I'm, and, and like the series is over. This makes no sense to talk about it anymore. And you know, be, pour, pour more dirt on Damian Lillard. But the dude is just been in his own head this whole series. Drew Holiday's outplayed him, a development that I did not see happening. Um, yeah, the Rockets might have avoided the, the, that matchup with the, with the Pelicans. And now, I'm not saying that the Rockets wouldn't have beaten the, the, the Pelicans or, or even beaten them handily, but like, like that, might, that might have been the best team. And, and we were talking about before the playoffs started, like the Rockets might have the hardest road to the championship. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's not, you know, we don't know yet. Like the Rockets haven't played their second round opponent, and same thing with the Warriors, but like it's it looked like they might have drawn the ideal card. Man, uh, and I want to say something about that. That there are some folks who are like, oh well, the Rockets fans worried about Team X or Team Y. The reason I want a particular teams out of Houston's bracket is not because I think the Rockets stand a real chance of losing to those teams, but because I would prefer that Golden State's path be harder. It's all <laughs> it's all about putting things in their way. Because I mean, the fact of the matter is that uh, the Rockets should beat anybody they come across until the conference finals. Right. Now, well, not necessarily that they will. We'll see how things go. But they've been so good that that if they failed to beat any of those teams, it would be a massive failure. Yeah, we've talked about this, right? Like, the, the yeah. expectation is Western Conference or bust, right? Western Conference Finals or bust, right? And a competitive Western Conference Finals. Like, that. that's that's where we're yeah. at with this. And, like, um, but, like, the the, the stuff leading it up to it matters, right? Like, who's yeah. more worn down the Western Conference matters. You know, an injured staff, uh, or, like, an 80% staff going up against Drew Holiday versus, like, um, Russell Westbrook, that matters, right? Like on defense, right? Like that, that, that matters a lot. And like, I, I'm not sure if it's going to matter, like in the long term stuff, like as in, like, if we ultimately still get to Rockets Warriors, I'm not sure how much, how much it matters how we get there, but it does matter in, in the, in the sense that, like, a tired, beaten down Warriors team is more tantalizing to face than a, We've just swept our first two round, our first two series Warriors, right? Like that's much more. Uh, you'd prefer to face that type of Warriors team. Yeah, and we'll see what happens here because uh, it does look like they're going to make short work of the Spurs. Meanwhile, the Pelicans are making short work of the Blazers. But also, while I didn't we're on the see Warriors, that happening. I didn't. Yeah. I, I still. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. go back to that. I, I I thought this series would would be the Blazers in like six. And, like, this has been a real shocker to me. Everyone thought that, too. I mean, everyone thought that. I don't know why you wouldn't think that. So we can we can eulogize that at another time. Uh, but uh, I th- do you think that, in a way, the Warriors are kind of don't want these series to go short? I mean, uh, Steph is still not back yet. He's, he's getting closer, but he's not back yet. Uh, KD tweaked his ankle. Uh, uh, Sean Livingston 
turned his ankle kind of badly, actually. They're yeah. they're pretty banged up right now. Like, I wonder if they would like the next series to take a little longer to get here. Because well, you sure, know how they do it. Like, like I, as soon as those two series are done, they're gonna they're gonna get it going. You already see Warriors fans tweeting about the Pelicans. Like they they are one hundred percent. I'm not sure about the Warriors themselves, but their fan base is one hundred percent concerned about the Pelicans. Uh, just a little bit, not not enough to where they would favor the Pelicans, but like they're just enough to where they're definitely paying attention to it, and they definitely want the series to go longer. But like, yeah, like there was a report by um, I'm forgetting the name of the reporter. I think it might have been Anthony Slater or somebody, but like. That Steph was going to be back, like, the full six weeks. It was going to take the full six weeks for Steph to come back. And if that's the case, he's going to miss game one or game two. Like, like like right now, he just came back to practice this. And the series starts in, like, a week. Like, that's that's not ideal. It's not ideal. No, and they... I mean, I don't think that the Pelicans are going to beat the Warriors, but if they are missing Steph and and KD is not 100% and they're missing, you know, other guys are hurt too at all, it's going to make it tough. It's going to make it a much more difficult series than it otherwise would be. So, uh, and even if, even you know when they win that series, they don't want to come out of it bedraggled. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, this is kind of like how the the Warriors were in. 2016 when they when they went they went up against after they went up against the thunder um like they went into that cab series begrudged as you said like they were just banged up like steph was steph just came back from his mcl sprain um and he didn't look 100 percent um and the warriors just didn't they just weren't the same team in that in that cab series and that's what ended up ended up catching you know costing them a championship Combined with that Draymond Green suspension, but yeah, these are the breaks you want if you're a Rockets fan, right? Like this is this is. I mean, you, you don't you don't want to root for injuries. Let me see. Let me make that clear. You do not want to root for injuries. You ideally want to beat competitors at their at their 100 percent best. But to beat a team like the Warriors, you have to have things go your way. And this yeah, is what yeah, we're talking. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, though I'll say it, these are the kind of breaks that swing things. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is what we were talking about all year. Like, it's gonna take, you know, Steph coming into a Rockets Warriors series not one hundred percent, or KD tweaking his ankle the series before, or like you know, like stuff like that, an eject a favorable ejection here or there, like stuff like that to really consider yourself favoring the Rockets. Like that's what's that's what it's gotta take. And I mean, right now the Rockets are sitting pretty. I mean, they're sitting; they're two zero right now yeah. against against the Timberwolves. Um, the Warriors, uh, Steph is still banged up, but they're they're, they're going to go into a competitive series with the Pelicans. I I think I I, I think that series at is least gonna, a more competitive series, right? More than what we would have thought two weeks ago, right? Like we we would have thought like the Pelicans would have been a preferred matchup two weeks ago, but now they're, we're at that point where they look a little bit scary. I'm not sure if they're you know, I'm not sure if they're legitimately like a threat, but like they they remind me a little bit of that 09 Magic team with Dwight Howard and do you remember who was on oh, that team? Uh, it was like Richard Lewis, and like York, yeah, yeah, Richard Lewis, Jameer Nelson, um, Hito Turgaloo. Redick on that team? Yeah, he was. He was a rookie. Hito Turgaloo and like like Ryan Anderson. Like they remind me a lot of that team where like they caught lightning in a bottle and like they went far in the playoffs but like and they they beat a team they weren't supposed to beat in the Cleveland Cavaliers like they they remind me very much of that team 
Um, you know, a young up and coming MVP caliber big man in Dwight Howard. Same thing here with that with Anthony Davis. Like the I don't know the similarities. Like if you if you go down the rabbit hole, they're pretty stark. Like it, it, it's it's shocking like how similar that they are in terms of a team profile standpoint. But yeah, um, I I just didn't see this coming. I I I gotta be I didn't see this coming. It's but a lot of fun. It's made the postseason certainly more interesting. I I'll say that. Yeah, no matter what happens, it's going to be a lot more fun than we thought it was going to be. Uh, I wasn't really like excited to watch the Portland Trailblazer just get smashed by the Warriors, and now at least it won't be them getting smashed at the very worst. <laughs> right, like I definitely wasn't looking forward to CJ McCollum trying to keep up with Steph in a pick and roll. Like it's just like that. That was not something I wanted to see. But yeah, it's it's going to be. It's I'm 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 definitely interested. My interest has peaked than where it was a week ago. I still think the Warriors are gonna cruise past who who like whoever comes out. It's looking like it's gonna be the Pelicans. It is gonna be the Pelicans. No teams ever come back from three zero. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm 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 fascinated. I'm I'm just fascinated. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at Red Nation Hoops and at Do Nots on Twitter. And yeah, guys, good night. <laughs>